thank God today. How many can say in your life you can testify? Look what the Lord has done. I can tell you some things. I've been to some places. I've seen God do some things in my life. I can tell you there's not a day goes by that I can't tell somebody what God has done for me. What a wonderful, wonderful blessing that is to be able to have a testimony. The Bible says to be able to be ready to give an answer to every man concerning the hope that is in your life. Amen. How much does your salvation mean to you today? How precious is it to you today? To be able, dear God, today to say I'm a child of God. My sins have been forgiven. I've been washed. Amen. And I know this. That this life won't last forever. Oh, but on the other side awaits the glory of my salvation. Amen. If you will stand with me this morning, I want to read for a few moments from the Word of God. book of Acts. I want to read one verse of scripture there. Then we're going to pray. While you're turning there, I'd like to say again, thank you for all that you do for the kingdom of God and the glory of God. Such a wonderful, beautiful crowd here today. Each one of you matter. Amen. Every one of you matters to God, matters to this church. We're grateful for you today. We appreciate all that you've done to reach out and to work in any capacity in the ministry to support and encourage to pray. Amen. And uh, we're grateful for that. Tonight we will be uh, over at the Christian church. And uh, I know that some of you may not be able to come, but we would appreciate all that are able to be there. I promise you, I, I believe it's going to be a wonderful time tonight. So we invite you to come be there with us in the Lord and continue to remember the Hanks family in prayer and also remember Sister Anna Phelps family today. Acts chapter 16. According to the ruffling of the papers, I must not have said what chapter. read one verse of scripture found there verse number 30 the Bible said and he brought them out and he said sirs what must I do to be saved and he brought them out and he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? I want to preach from this thought this morning for a few moments. Salvation by demonstration. Salvation by demonstration. Father, we love you today. God, I ask you to hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, I surrender this vessel to you. My soul, God, is in your hands tonight, uh, this morning. 
God, I ask for the anointing of the Holy Ghost speak through this vessel. God, speak to your people today. Father, each and every one of us, Lord, we need to hear the words of God. Our hearts, Lord, long for the words of God. Our souls cry out for truth. Our souls cry out for direction. Our souls cry out this morning that you would lead us and that you would help us, anoint us, undergird us, and strengthen us. We will not just exist on the side of the road in Stoneville, North Carolina, and Highway 770. But God, we will exist in the anointed hands of a mighty God who saved us and who has called us to do the work of the ministry. Lord, we'll give you the glory for that. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Amen. Salvation by demonstration. This morning is one of my favorite stories in the scripture. A story that has always stirred my heart for many, many years since I was a young boy. I don't know about you, but I've always been amazed by the supernatural power of God to do things greater than the carnal man had the power to do. Amen. Uh, I've always been amazed by the hand of God to do supernatural things, and I've come to find out that ministry, amen, in and of itself requires the hand of God, which is a supernatural grace that moves in our life, amen. I found that ministry in and of itself cannot be done alone, but it must be done in power and in the anointing. We realize today that in the pressures of life and with all that we're faced with trying to win the loss to Christ, uh, that we are faced with a great onslaught of the enemy and we are doing everything we can uh, to try to present a gospel to the lost uh, through the realms of church that would get their attention. And I don't know about you, but I have had people come to me and talk to me from time to time throughout my life and in ministry. And I would ask them, why don't you come and go to church? And when I would say that, it wasn't just the church that I wanted them to come to. I wanted them to come and experience Christ. Amen. I wanted them to come to know the Lord that I knew. My heart cried out for their life to be changed, and I knew that just coming to church alone was not enough. Amen. It was not enough just to invite somebody to come to church. It was not enough just to try to get them plugged into some kind of service in the church. There, there needed to be more than that. that. That was great to do that, but there needed to be more than that. And in my life, I realized that there, there had to be a work of grace and the sovereign supernatural presence of God that would begin to transform their lives through the experience of seeing the truth shining into the dark place of their life. Amen. They needed to know who Jesus was. 
It was not so much important who the pastor was. It wasn't so much important who was leading the praise team. It wasn't so much important who was teaching the Sunday school class. And, and all those things were important in their own perspective. But, but it wasn't the most important thing. What was most important was uh, uh, that if you've met me, uh, amen, and you've forgotten me, you've lost nothing. But if you meet him and you forget about him, you've lost everything. Amen. I'm telling you this morning that we are called not to just be the church, but to do the work of the church. Amen. We are called to see things through the eyes of God. We are called to see things through the eyes of hope. Our, our hearts should be in tune with a burden and with a desire that we want to see lives change for the glory of God. When we miss this in the foundation of our doing, then we've missed it all. Amen. There have been so many today that have gotten used to being in position or used to being what God has called them to be. And if we're not careful, we get so used to being it that we can't see beyond it. Amen. It becomes more about what we are than who he is. Can somebody say amen? Give God praise because I'm, I'm fixing to preach now. Sometimes it becomes more about who we are when we forget that the whole foundation of what we do is based upon the sovereign truth that he is the only hope of humanity today. And so in inviting people to church, it was a wonderful thing, but then I wanted to make sure that when they got here, that they had an experience with God. And even beyond that, before they get here, they would have an experience with God. And, and in this scripture, I found uh, uh, something that just really got in my spirit concerning Paul's life and Silas's life and what they were dealing with and what they were going through and, and their, their diligence and their faith. And then I begin to look at my life and I begin to pray and say, God, show me what it is within me that you, that you desire, what it is that needs to change, what it is that needs to line up. Draw me near to you, O God, and let me see through the eyes of faith. And this morning, it's my heart's cry that we would understand that it is not what we are and where the church is built and the programs in the building that has the power to do anything without the my God, can somebody shout amen? Without the hope of Jesus Christ, it's to no avail. Without the power of God moving within the ministries of our life, it is to no avail. We ought to be a people every day that's saying, God, move in me. Lord, have your way in my life. God, calls me to fall before you in humility. And remember, it's not who I am, but it's who you are. I don't know about you, but I I don't want to go through life, amen, just looking like the church and looking, amen, to God the part. I want to walk in an anointing and in a power that requires a sacrifice that is able to accomplish the goals that God has set before me today. I'm telling you, church, we can put on the best programs and they'll come, amen, to God. But if we'll draw near to God and let God be God in our life, he'll change them, and change their lives today. Amen. 
It's important to know as we read the scripture that there was one particular phrase that got my attention. That phrase was this. This man said, sir, what must I do to be saved? Now, when's the last time somebody walked up to you and said, hey, tell me how to be saved? Come on, somebody. When's the last time somebody just walked up to you and said, I want to know more about this God that you're serving. I want to know more about this Lord you're talking about. When did somebody just freely come up to you? It didn't just happen by accident. This man did not just come up to Paul and fall down before him and say, Paul, tell me about this God you've been singing about. Let, 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 let's, let's back up for a minute. There was some demonstrating going on. There was some demonstration going on. Amen. There were some people that were not just talking their faith. They were living their faith out. They were not just living in words. They were living in power. They were living in the anointing of God. They had faith in who he was. They were walking by the spirit of God. They were obeying the Lord. If we back up to Acts chapter 16 verse 1, the Bible said that here was Paul and Silas and they were on their way to prayer. And as they were on their way to prayer, here come this lady, this little girl. She, she had a spirit of divination. She was a fortune teller, and she had made much money for her masters, and she followed them around for days. As they would go to prayer, she would say, these are men of God. This is a man of God. And she would do this on and on and on and on, over and over and over again. And Paul began to realize, somebody shout, somebody, we got to have discernment. Everything that's shouting ain't on your side. Everything that's lifting you up and buttering your bread ain't on your side. Everything that's smiling at you ain't on your side. You've got to have a spirit of discernment. You've got to know, amen, to God, where, it, where God's moving and if God's in it and if God's not. Don't tell me you don't have the ability to do that because if you seek him and you seek his face and you seek his discernment and you fast and pray, oh no, preacher, you mean i got to do that? Sometimes you do to be able to discern the will of God in your life. See, we've gotten away from those kind of things in many, in, in many seasons. We don't realize that sometimes it's important to push the plate back. It's, my goodness, somebody shout amen. Give him praise if you want. He's worthy. It's important to fast and pray because sometimes we're so full of ourselves, it's time to empty self. And sometimes we need to get, let God empty us so that he can fill us again and give us discernment. And, and he began to have discernment. I, I've had people in my ministry smile at you in your face and stab you in the back. Preacher, you didn't come to talk about that. I know last Sunday was rough. I didn't mean to come this Sunday. I'm just obeying God. I know people today have done that in my ministry. Has anybody ever been there? Oh, dear God, they'll praise you and they'll pat you on the back and tell you you're the best thing that happened. Amen. Since instant grits. What are you talking about, preacher? There's people that do that. But just because they do that don't mean they're on your side. Amen. Sometimes if they're singing your praises too loud, there's an indication that something's wrong. And Paul knew this. 
Paul said something's wrong. He understood who this woman was. Number one, he knew where she came from. I'm sure that he did. But he also knew that everything she was saying, no matter uh, if, if it was a good thing or not, he still recognized that what she was saying was putting the perspective and the focus on Paul, saying Paul is a man of God. Paul is a man of God. Oh, he's a man of God. Day after day after day, and some sooner or later you get tired of the butter. Amen. And, 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 and what you, what you want to see is somebody come in with you and say, hey, dear God, I thank you for who you are. But I want to know more about this Jesus you've been preaching about. I thank you for who you are. But tell me about this one who died on the cross. Tell me about this one who walked on the water. Tell me about this one who was able to raise the dead and open the eyes of the blind. Dear God, tell me about the one who is able to bring restoration to a lost and dying world. It don't excite folks anymore. And if it don't, dear God, your wood's wet. But it's time to draw near under that spirit again, that heart again that says, Lord, more of you and less of me. Amen in my life. Spirit of the living God, have your way this morning. We need discernment. We don't need manipulation. We need participation. We don't need to be manipulated by good words. We need to participate together in the mission and the goal of what this is all about in our lives as a church and in our lives individually. Because people watching you, sinner man's watching you. These people that are bound by sin, they're watching you. And they're looking at every move you make. They're listening to everything coming out your mouth. They're watching you to, to see if, if your accolades are, 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 are really worthy of listening to or if there's a, a higher cause in your life, a higher desire in your life that does not line up with what God desires. Mm -hmm. Sooner or later, you got to reach a place where you have a discernment that you will not let anything or anybody take the place of God's place in your life. And Paul turns around and he begins to say, listen, so we're not, we're not going to deal with this anymore. He commanded that spirit to come out of her. Now, when's the last time you commanded a spirit to come out of anything? Oh, well, preacher, we just don't do that in this generation today. You better start doing it. You better get anointed to do it. Because we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against spirits and principalities and powers. And you better pray and you better draw near to God. You don't have to be a, a, a bishop or a, a, a licensed minister to have this anointing. Amen. The church in and of itself should be clothed in this anointing. You better learn how to do what Paul did and get discernment and say, Satan, get behind me in the name of Jesus. You better learn because your family's at stake. Your church, amen, 
needs your faith to rise to this level so that you can guard against every attack of the enemy to destroy your home, your life, and your church. You need to get you need to get a faith he meant to God and an anointing that God will speak to you and give you that courage and Paul said come out and you know what that enemy did he came out well that don't happen anymore that's what a lot of preachers think. And it ain't going to happen if you ain't walking in obedience. Come on now. If we really believe these things don't happen anymore and God don't give us the power to do these things and God don't anoint us to do these things, let's just close the Bible and go home. Because then there's no truth in what his word said. My Bible said, these signs shall follow them who believe. Woo! These signs shall follow them who believe. Now, there's a difference in believers and people who say they believe. Jesus said, there's some that with their mouth they profess me, but their hearts are far from me. Paul was not only near to God in, in his articulation, but his heart was near to God. And when the Lord anointed him, saved him, and anointed him, and filled him with the Holy Ghost, he equipped him to deal with things that would come in his path by faith and in the name of Jesus today. Well, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. Songs sound good. But there comes a time in your life where you've got to put the words to action by faith. We get the, the attitude, well, we just let it all pile up on us. Oh, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. And nothing wrong with that. But somewhere in your life, you've got to realize that God gave you the authority to say, Satan, get behind me. You're not going to do me this way today. I've had enough. I'm not listening to your lies. I'm not listening to your accolades. You ain't going to fool me. You ain't going to trip me up. You're not going to let my, cause my pride to rise up within me. This is all about Jesus. You're not going to destroy my family. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek God. I'm going to walk in his Somewhere along the line, somebody needs to stand up and get anointed again and get filled with the Holy Ghost again and get sanctified again and start walking in the power of God's grace again. Amen. We wrestle not. We just want something that looks good and that feels good. When the enemy's coming... You ain't got time for something that looks good and feels good. You need something that works. And you got to be sure to know this, that, that if God is, if, if, if salvation is going to happen, then it's going to be by God. It's not going to be by us. It's 
not going to be because God has blessed us with a facility that is beautiful and we are thankful for. It's not going to be because God has given us the ability to structure programs alone. We need more than that. We need people hungering and thirsting after God again instead of everything else the world has to offer. Oh, this preacher done going old school on us. No, the enemy knows what he's doing. Some of us know more about how to answer the questions on Family Feud than we know how to trust the Word of God again. We know more what's happening on the soap operas than we do what God's Word said in the Bible again. Oh, preacher, now you're judging. You judging. Oh Lord help me. Wheel of fortune has done spun you out of control. Well now you judging, preacher. No, I'm not judging. I'm not saying necessarily anything wrong. Work out that between you and God. But when that consumes your life, it becomes a problem that takes you out of the narrative of truth, that gives you the ability to lock into your spirit again and say, I believe what God says. He is my Father. He's my anointer. He is my salvation. He is my hope. He is the one that brings me victory. Come on, somebody. I want to walk in that power again. I want to walk in the same anointing that they walked out of the upper room with. I want to walk in that same power. I want to worship in that anointing. I want to come to church and fellowship in that anointing. I want to be able to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. I believe God is still able to do these things today. And if you don't, then we've missed it. Paul says, come out. He didn't have to beg God. God was with him. Do you believe you can be so in tune with God that God is speaking to you as you move? Sometimes you ain't got time to pray and say, oh God, I need you. You just need to hear what God's saying. He's got you. He'll guide you. Paul said, come out, and they came out because he knew that he had that authority. And the Lord, I'm sure, was guiding him and giving him this discernment. But how many know that when you're preaching the word and you're walking in that kind of faith, the enemy does not like it? He came out, but he didn't stop. That's kind of like those kind of folks that, you know, I'm sorry. And they're trying to make things right, but then they turn around and keep doing the same thing over and over. It's the spirit of the enemy. My goodness, help us. He came out, but he didn't stop. He, he continued to attack. Well, if I can't get him that way, then we'll attack them this way. And, and so the, the masters of this young girl realized what was going on. So they came and they, they brought them before the magistrates and they said, listen, 
these people are teaching customs we as Romans don't know anything about. We, we don't know nothing about these customs. They're not our customs. What he was really saying was, they're bringing a gospel that's messing us up. It won't let me keep fortune telling and making money off of people. It won't let me stay shacked up. It won't let me curse like a sailor. It won't let me sleep around with somebody else's husband or wife. Come on, tell somebody, somebody say preach because I feel it. This gospel they're preaching won't let me do these kind of things. It won't let me abuse people. It won't let me hurt people. It, it won't let me take advantage of people. It just won't let me do it because when the real Holy Ghost is in you, you don't have to have a theologian or a professor to tell you whether it's wrong or right. The Holy Spirit will convict you and show you. There have been things God showed me wasn't right. I didn't know why, but his Holy Spirit showed me and he caused me to be reserved until such a time that he revealed unto me why it was wrong. Don't you think that God in his sovereignty has the grace and the power to lead us by his spirit? They didn't always have colleges and, and schools and, and theologians back then, professors uh, to teach people. They didn't even have, everybody didn't have written, uh, printed out Bibles back then. But what they did have, uh, they had the Holy Spirit in their life. Uh, they, my goodness, I feel his Holy Ghost. Uh, that was the power of the source of their ministry. We're blessed to have what we have today and we still don't take advantage of it. Oh, help me, Lord. Well, we don't do Sunday school no more. A lot of churches do away with Sunday school. Well, that's their prerogative. They can do what they want to do, but we have Sunday school here. Every one of them rooms ought to be packed. Why? Because the preacher said so? No, because you ought to have a heart that says, I want this in my life. I want this teaching in my life. I want more of God. Well, they have service on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, and I think that's just a little too much. Well, if you ain't working and you ain't sick, don't let the devil steal you that joy. Come with a hunger and a thirst after God, especially leadership. Nothing will break down the fabric of a strong church more than leadership getting out of line. Leaders have to be faithful and strong. Paul was a leader. Amen. Salvation. How many want people saved today? This is what I'm saying. Paul was not going around trying to build his kingdom. Everything he did was for the cause of winning souls to the kingdom of God. Amen. 
And if you want God to save souls and your heart is in it, then you need to be faithful all the way through the course of the ministries that God has provided by the Spirit of God. And most importantly, seeking the anointing of God, the power of God. It's not just a good story. Apply it to your life and watch it work in great power in the Lord. You think God just anointed Paul and Peter and James and John and that was it? No, sir. Everyone in this building that wants to walk in that anointing can seek the Lord and ask him and God will. He will. If your heart is right before him, he'll draw you near and he'll fill you and use you and give you what you need. Amen. I'll preach this hard this morning. Paul, let me go quickly. Paul was demonstrating a power that was the only power that could save. And they carried him before the magistrates and the enemy got mad. Look at the person around you and say, don't be mad with me. You ain't mad with me, are you? They didn't like it. And you know, every church has dealt with that same struggle and battle because the devil does not like what the church stands for. So he's fought. And so they take them and they command them to be beaten. They didn't do nothing wrong. Sometimes you're going to do everything right and still going to go through the fire. They, they took him and they beat him and they took him into the inner prison and they, they got him deep down in the, in the most secure prison and they took them and fastened their feet to stock. Those, those stocks were meant to stretch their legs so that not only would they be in prison there and they couldn't get them free, but that would create cramps in their life. And, and the jailer was there and he was, he, he was commanded to watch them and to, and to keep an eye on them and to keep them secure. Oh, I could imagine as I was studying this, I could think about their feet being locked up and thought about my body and, and thought about the physical strain that sometimes it's been under, but yet has not even been through what Paul's been through. And why am I complaining? Silas and Paul got beat. He meant to God with many stripes. Then they were thrown in the inner prison. Their feet were locked up. They were chained up. I'm sure if, if, if it was meant to do what the theologians believe it was meant to do, their legs were beginning to cramp. And there they were in the dark of night. Oh, dear Lord, praying and singing unto the Lord. Because midnight, according to the Bible, came around about midnight. Midnight, they were praying and singing songs. How can they do this? Because they knew that God was still God no matter what they were going through. Don't let the enemy take your praise from you. Don't let the enemy steal away your prayer time from you. Don't let the enemy see. Paul knew the value of what it took to stay in the presence of God in his mind and in his spirit and to have the faith and the right attitude. And somebody ought to know this this morning that they prayed and they sang psalms under the most excruciating pain. And the Bible said that 
that God began to move and an earthquake came. Now, I don't know that God's going to send an earthquake in your life. I can't tell you he's going to do that. But I can tell you this. I can tell you that God will move supernaturally to the course in favor of me reading it, reaching out to touch the lives of those who are lost. That God can cause things to happen in your life. That you won't have to beg somebody to come know Jesus. They'll be wanting to know how can I be saved. Amen. i got a few years in the building, but I want to ask you this morning, do you really believe God can move in that kind of reviving? When God manifests himself, as he was manifesting himself there, it wasn't about letting Paul and Silas go free as much as it was about setting a soul free setting a soul free I believe if Paul was right here stand with me if you will I believe Paul Paul was saying I believe Paul was saying that I'd go through it again I'd go through it again I'd go through it again to hear those words from this Philippian jailer how many would, would do whatever it takes to win a soul? You're willing to go through whatever it takes to win a soul. Hallelujah. If that's you this morning, I want you to close your head and bow your head for a moment. I want you to think about something. The church was not meant to just exist. The church was meant to march forward in the power and the anointing of God. You are the church. It's not just the pastor's job. It's not just the leadership's job. Every one of this, this congregation, everybody in this body should desire to walk in that kind of anointing and is drawing near to God to be used of God in, in great and supernatural ways. You are the support system of the head. Come on now. And God wants to anoint the body. And we need to see. We've begged them. We've tried to create programs. We don't need salvation by begging anymore. As much as we need salvation by demonstration. How we've lived our lives, every head bowed for a moment, every eye closed for a moment, how we've lived our lives, where, where, we've, where we've fallen short in our service unto the Lord. Times when we could have been more involved, but we just wasn't prepared because we, we let other things get in the way. Times when when we could have really been used of God in powerful ways, but we hadn't sought God. We hadn't asked God to grow us and to, and to fill us with his Holy Spirit and to, and to use the gifts of the Spirit through our lives. We haven't yielded ourselves to the Holy Ghost. Oh, but we've yielded ourselves to other things that the enemy has put there. And he's even tried to convince us that it was all right.
You know, God understands. But in his convincing, as he was trying to convince Paul and the people around him that Paul was a man of God, and all this convincing, something got missed. Something got stepped over. And the Bible said that's this, that if we'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his righteousness, all these things we have need of will work themselves out. How many would say today, preacher, I want to see a move of God in my life and in our church and in this community. That God's Holy Spirit is manifesting demonstration in my life. That lives that are lost will, will come to the surface, come out of the cracks, come out of the crevices. They'll come out and they'll say, where is this Jesus you've been talking about. I want to know more about him. If that's your desire this morning, that God would work through you in that way and use you, I want you to just step out from where you're at. And I want you to come and just gather together across this congregation and this altar today. Prayer changes things. And when we seek God, we are petitioning him. And can I tell you that God wants to give you the desire of your heart today. Is nothing that you should be ashamed to ask God for. God anoint me, fill me, use me. Lord, let my life be a reflection of your grace. Let my life be a reflection of your anointing. Give me courage, give me boldness.